Victoria College is a public, open admission college. Our mission is to provide educational opportunities and services for our students and the communities we serve. For more information, please visit us at www.victoriacollege.com to schedule your tour. And we are back, episode 64 of The Grid. I'm Gabe Myers, alongside me today, Mike Foreman. We did not allow Sam back into the studio after... You know, we got way off track last week. I'm just kidding. We love you, Sam. He'll actually be covering a football game for us this week, and we're excited about that. A lot of football this week, a lot of good football this week, some great games last week. We're going to get right into it, and we're going to start. I'm biased, and I'm the one that runs all this, so we're starting with my game from last week. Corpus Christi Miller, Victoria West. If you weren't here last week, I, we all promised there would be points in this one. And boy, were there 51 48, 99 points in the game. Mike, this game was so evenly played. Each team had 507 yards of offense. Each, I mean, just neck and neck all the way. Miller finishes off Victoria West in the most heartbreaking way imaginable. A go ahead touchdown with 14 seconds left to win the game 51 to 48. I mean, a shootout of shootouts. And this this was one where, Mike, I'll tell you what the difference in the game was because this is where it was crazy. West's offense played almost a perfect game. They didn't get stopped in the second half. They didn't turn the ball over. They never got into the red zone and didn't come away with points. Some, you know, the last time they played, they had a couple of turnovers. They had a red, they had a red zone turnover. They didn't, they didn't always take advantage of the opportunities. The West offense took advantage of their opportunities. But it was a touchdown on the last play of the first half, and Miller recovers an onside kick to take a one-score game to a two-score game and force West to play from behind the rest of the way. And that's the difference in the game. And you get into these playoff games, these winner-go-homes, and you get into a, a repeat matchup playing a team for a second time, and it's it's this just stealing a possession on an onside kick. It's steal, you know stealing a score the last play of the half, and that's the difference in the football game. Yeah, well, also defense. You get, when you get get a lead with a minute something left, you should keep the lead. Fifty-seven seconds. I'm sorry. You know, at some point your defense has to step up. And I realize that Miller's an explosive team, but I mean, it seemed pretty easy for them to go down the field. It was being there at the game, yeah. and Miller. I mean, both both offenses throughout the game did, as you could just tell by the score. Neither offense had trouble moving the ball, and this was one where you know when West scores on. And I'll tell you what, this says as much about the tone of the game as anything yeah. else. So West is down forty four forty two with a minute left in the game. Mm-hmm. It's fourth and goal from really inside the one yard line. Yeah. So a field goal gives them the lead. Right. West goes for it on fourth and goal to go for a touchdown because right. they knew, look, three points, a one point lead yeah. is not gonna is not gonna do it here. We need to get it to where they have to score a touchdown to win the game. But that's just the way that's that's the way this game went. And I mean Miller. Miller's passing offense, Trevor Trevor Long and Corey Holmes just mm-hmm. had an absolute field day. But, I mean, Miller, what, this is this is what's crazy about it. And, and you're right. You take the lead with under a minute left, that's a game you got to win. Yeah. Especially the, the the offense did not get stopped in the second yeah. half. Mm-hmm. I mean, the offense in the second – after the first couple drives of the game, it was, like, really weird the way it played out. And then the track meet kind of got started after that. The um, – the, the offense deserved to win the game, but Miller just, 
uh, they just just went down the they just went down the field at will, and it was one of those where they scored when they scored fifty seven seconds. I was like, gosh, it's a little too much time, yeah. which is crazy. And <laughs> Miller had one timeout left at that yeah. point. There was only fifty seven seconds left in the game, but you know, clock stops the first downs. Miller's able to get a chunk play, got out of bounds. They got a big kick return from Ethan Vela, so they only had to go fifty seven yards, yeah. not seventy or eighty, and it was just. This was a track meet, and it was truly whoever had the ball last wins, and that that's what that's what it was here. And it was, I mean, just the most heartbreaking of heartbreaking ways for West for West to go out in, in that yeah, one. That's t- yeah. There's no doubt that's tough. And here's another another surprise. Uh, you you figured that uh, Miller would be playing PSJ North, but they're mm. not. They're playing uh, Brownsville Veterans Memorial, which upset them. So, uh, you know, I I guess Brownsville Veterans Memorial is a lot better than people get them credit for. Well, not, not only that, so a couple things on that one. One, Veterans Memorial, as we know from last year, runs the triple option, which we're going to talk about the difficulties defending that with four days to prepare here in a minute. There's a, you know, Calhoun does that. But also, PSJ North, and so, this, you know, I've the last few episodes I talked about my relationship with Marcus Kaufman. I know him pretty well. I you know, co- coached me in high school. Right. That's not a team, an offense that's built to play from behind. Mm-hmm. So they get down a couple of store uh, scores. Vet, Brownsville Veterans starts really fast. Again, PSJ North and a, you know, people talked about you know what did this move do? PSJ North started off the game with an onside kick. And it's like, oh, did they think they couldn't win the game? No, that was a move of disrespect of we just we yeah. think we're just going to run you from the jump. Mm-hmm. And they didn't recover it. Veterans Memorial scores. North gets stopped. Veterans Memorial scores again. And you're down 14 nothing. And that's a team that yeah. PSJ North, they run the football. They kind of bleed out. Now, they get big plays in the running game. Yeah. But when you get behind a couple of scores, that's not – they have been behind a couple of scores this year, and that's not the way they're built to play. So then defensively, they start trying to do too much. Combine that with the triple option is something on four days to prepare on Thanksgiving week yeah. where maybe uh, yeah. on one of those days of practice or two yeah. of those days of practice, the kids aren't exactly all the way locked in. It's tough to prepare for, so you have this confluence of events, and the team that was the favorite to win this region is knocked out. And West was a team, you know, kind of the mood around them was – Brownsville, you know, they didn't get our best shot last year. If we played them again, maybe that game goes goes differently. That's how they felt coming into this Miller game. So you look at, man, we missed, you know, on their side, man, we missed an opportunity here. That's, I mean, that's the kind of the feeling over on the west side right now. Yeah, I understand that. And I, I just think that a lot of this is funny because uh, there was a lot of talk after East beat uh, – be Veterans Memorial about mm-hmm. how Veterans Memorial wanted the third seed. Mm-hmm. Well, they got it, and then they lost to uh, Brownsville, Brownsville Veterans. Veterans Memorial. So uh, the way this has played out is kind of amusing. But uh, I think Miller has a good shot to win the region if, if you know, we'll see. It's really interesting because you couldn't have two teams more different stylistically, and this actually mirrors a matchup we have in this round, that a game I'll be covering, where you have – Miller, who's this remarkably explosive offense, who Miller put up 51 points, Mike, that hurt their season average. They average over 60 a game. That hurt not only their season average, it hurt their playoff average. They are averaging more than 51 points a game. So that 51 points and 507 yards is a low offensive output for Corpus Christi Miller. That's below par for them against Brownsville veterans who 
ball control, triple option, keep the offense on the field. You couldn't have two more different teams. You kind of talked about this with Yoakum and Calhoun earlier this year, yeah. where it's like get these two te- two teams on the field. You might have a you know a thirty to twelve time of possession or thirty to yeah. eighteen time of possession uh, game here. But really interesting. I'm, that's a match that's gonna be exciting to watch. But I, I know West there. It, it's a game they feel like they should have won, and the offense played perfectly, but the onside kick, that's the difference in the game yeah. because, Wes, once the second half got started, you could just tell their offense. Because, again, the first part of the game for both offenses played out kind of weird. It took them a minute to find their footing, and once they did, it was just a track meet. You could tell the first time Wes got the ball in the second half, it was, oh, okay, they're not – they're not getting stopped the rest of the game. Repper's in his rhythm. Kamari's running the football. They got receivers running open. Camden, Re- shout out to Camden Repper, the Victoria West quarterback. He played the best game probably of his high school career. He was every decision he made was really good. Every ball was accurate. He was on it, and you could just tell that they, they got rolling. The offensive line was running up front. Okay, they're gonna just score every time they touch the ball. That onside kick from Miller and the head coach Justin Evans making the call to do that. A gutsy decision, but the right decision to steal a possession ended up stealing a touchdown, and in a game you win by four, that's the difference. Yeah, it's it's you're right. It's funny because uh, I think about the uh, this was seven years ago today, I believe, when uh, Refurio beat Rogers seventy three to seventy two in that overtime one overtime game, and uh, the difference in that game, even though people probably don't remember is Refurio got a, got a safety early in the game. Mm-hmm. And you look back, they won by one. And in overtime. And that two points there yeah. is the difference. So you never know. I mean, you're right. One possession can determine a game. Especially when you have two teams that just, in a game like that, where both offenses are just rolling and both offenses are the strength of their team. That was, that was again, heartbreaking for West. But as a, you know, watching that game, kind of being at a 50,000 feet view, Ton of ton of fun to watch that. Yeah. A lot of fun covering the Warriors this year. They played ex- they just played an exciting brand of football over there. Courtney Boyce and crew, but it's going to be different without Camden Repper and Kamari Montgomery going forward. But you know they they find a way to put up points over there. I'm confident they'll be doing the same in 2024. Mike, you were up in Alvin, and this was a this was a game that just the scoreboard. You you see yeah. the score of that game. We were talking about it in the press box. We couldn't believe it. Jasper 28, Quero seven. Three touchdown win for Jasper Mike. Talk us through what happened over there. How did a Quero team that dominated all year not, you know, just lose? Like, so. Well, to be fair, Jasper was really good, and Jasper played a tougher schedule than Quero. So they had that going in. Well, that district that Jasper's in is brutal. Yeah, and um, with uh, Silsby, which uh, ended up getting beat by Belleville, they had lost to Silsby because they tried a two-point conversion and didn't make it. But Quero didn't play well. There's no secret. Um, Four interceptions. You got a drop snap on a fourth down attempt. You have a roughing the punter penalty to Mm. keep a possession alive. You cannot do those things that deep in the playoffs. I mean, when you play good teams, you I mean, you may get away with one or two turnovers, but that many, I'm sorry, you're not going to. And Jasper, uh, I think they had 11 seniors on their defense, and uh, they had great recovery speed. Um, there was one time when Quero had a receiver wide open, and I thought actually the quarterback took a little bit too long, 
to throw the ball. Once he threw it, though, this Jasper defender comes out and is able to get his hand on it and tip it away. So there's seven points right there that you missed. Um, so, I mean, off defensively, I, I don't feel Cuero played that poor a game because uh, really they gave up one long touchdown run. And, uh, in fact, Jasper's last touchdown, the only touchdown <clears> – <throat> in the second half was uh, a ball that was thrown, tipped by a Jasper receiver and caught by another Jasper receiver. And that's just one of those fluky plays yeah. that it's, as a, you know, as a it defense. shows you that it's not your day. You right. Know? And uh, so, I mean, you know, Quero, uh, they had a good year. I mean, obviously they're disappointed because, you know, they were hoping to make it back to the uh, semifinal, you know. But I'll tell you what uh, – Belleville's just been killing people. and uh, Well, that was another one that kind of sent shockwaves around the state. The way Belleville handled Silsby, it kind of, everyone's yeah. like, whoa. And Belleville runs slot T, so Jasper is going to have a week to kind of figure out the slot T. So we'll see how that goes. Those slot T triple option teams, they get into the playoffs. They get really dangerous. You only get a few days to prepare for that. Well, Lavaca River Showdown Part 2 did yeah. not disappoint. Edna 27 industrial 24 and mike when i got i got to corpus christi on friday my game wasn't until five o'clock i i got you know i had a long day friday coming in after thanksgiving so i decided to get a hotel i get to the hotel the first thing i do is i find the stream of the edna industrial game and i start watching the fourth quarter of that one what a back and forth there and Jaden clay decided this was not going to be my final game fourth down at the 22 yard line it was like fourth and nine just a perfect pass to Tyson Owens in the corner of the end zone. He could not have – I mean, if he was standing next to him, he couldn't have handed the ball to him any better. And the industrial defender had good yeah. – like he was not wide open. The, 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 defend, the defensive back was in good position. Perfect pass from Jaden Clay. Tyson Owens gets his feet inbounds. 22-yard touchdown with 36 seconds left. Edna 27, Industrial 24. What I mean, what a way to close out that rivalry this year. Yeah, and in fact, the interesting thing about that, I was talking to Edna coach Jimmy Mitchell today. That pass, the play they had called was was supposed to go the other side of the field. But Jaden read it. He read where the safety a, was. A four-year starting quarterback right there. He read the safety, and he knew where to go with the ball, and he put it there, and – uh yeah, Jimmy said, when I saw the ball in the air, where it was going, I was surprised, he goes. But uh, it worked out for him. Well, that's one. If you talk if you talk to Jaden, I bet he tells you, yeah, as a sophomore, maybe even as a junior, I don't yeah. make, you know, I don't make that throw. But he, you know, senior, four-year starter, what's he got, 50 or so games yeah. under his belt at this point? All the seven-on-seven, seven, all the practice reps, reads the safety, knows where to go, trusts his receiver is going to be in the right spot. And, again, perfect route, perfect throw, Great catch by Tyson Owens, and Edna's playing Blanco in the regional final now. And this is where we expected this team to be in the preseason. Had you know, little roller coaster. We had some up and downs over the course of the year, but here we are, regional final week, and Edna's playing football. Yeah, and uh, Goliad, of course. Uh, I guess I'm sure they were hoping for a rematch, but unfortunately, uh, they ran into Blanco and a Blanco uh, team that appears to be a buzzsaw yeah, right now. They're they're playing well right now, and from what I gather, uh, Goliad did not play that well. And you know they they're the type of team that uh, they really have to be on. 
yeah. you know, to be successful. Because uh, with that offense, if you're not making first downs, you're in trouble. Yeah, Goliad again. Following, you know, following that one, I was on the road to Corpus for the for most of that game, and following along with that, Goliad just couldn't stop turning the ball over. They couldn't, and we talked about it with Edna earlier this year. It's like they got to get out of their own way sometimes, and that's what happened with Goliad against Blanco. They couldn't seem to get out of their own way, and Blanco, a good team in their own right, yeah. more than happy to take advantage of Goliad not being able to hang on to the football. And this is another one where, again, I don't think people. I don't think anyone's shocked. You know, Goliad Blanco is like, okay, this is going to be a really good game. 34-0 I don't think is something anybody saw coming, especially with Goliad's defense, the way they had yeah. been playing this year. I mean, they held Edna to six. It, you know, that yeah. was one, just the margin of victory there caught everybody off guard. Yeah, that's true. And uh, the interesting thing here is, uh, you know, um, I don't know, Blanco, uh, you know, that that's a traditional playoff team. <laughs> You know, and Goliad hadn't been this far in a while. And I think that, and you know, we we talked about this. You mentioned it. You know, Thanksgiving week is a different kind of week. I mean, uh, it, it throws you out of your routine, basically. And, and I, I, don't, I think that really matters because, you know, you're used to practicing at a certain time, doing this routine. Well, you're in school during the yeah. day. And it's like even uh, Jimmy Mitchell was saying to me that in the past they would get out on Wednesday, you know, but this year they were out all week. Yeah. So even though he had them coming up for practice – he says, I have no idea what they're doing the other time, you know. You get them for maybe three hours yeah. a day. You don't know what they're doing the other 21 yeah. hours. So, I mean, it. I think that routine thing is very important. I, I think there's something to it. As you were talking about that, all I could think about was, man, probably more so than any other week, round three experience matters more than in probably any other week because it's just – Unless until you've been kind of in that spot where you're off during the week, you're preparing for a football game, you can't. There's no way to simulate it. Just the week, you know, football's football. You get out on the field, you get out on the field and play. But just a week of preparation go, going into the game, and that's one where it, it can. If a team hasn't been there before, it can be a little weird. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, you have to be prepared for that, and uh, by that time, by the third round. In most cases, you're playing a good team. Yeah, there's no bad teams yeah. left at that point. So you really have to execute. And we see we, we saw it all over. You know, teams that didn't execute are gone. Yeah, well, speaking of execution, how about the Calhoun Sand Crabs? And, God, it, Mike, it's tradition at this point. They kind of get through the regular season. They're able to get to the postseason. Although this year, you know, they ended up what, winning the district. So good for them. But they, they get to the postseason, and then, man, that triple option, a couple days of repair. Good luck. Calhoun comfortable against Alice. They jumped out in front early and just they kept Alice at arm's length the entire game. Calhoun into round four, and man, the the sand crabs. Richard Whitaker and company. We were talking before. I was out at Calhoun today. We were talking before the show. Man, he loves this group. He loves this team. Oh, yeah, he, has. he does. He really does because uh, I I really believe at the beginning of the year he wasn't sure what to expect from these guys, but uh, they've come on and uh, they play hard, and uh, they also have a belief. I think that they're good, which is important. And, uh, you know, the thing is, as we've talked about before, they come up in the system. 
So they know the system, and the more reps they get, the better off yeah. they're going to get. And it's one thing you get to the postseason again when you're in district play. So teams in Calhoun's district during spring ball, during yeah. two a days, they're doing things to prepare for the triple option, knowing they're going to have to face it down the line. If you're Alice, or this week you're playing San Antonio Davenport, if you're one of these teams facing off with them in the postseason, you don't prepare for the triple option until the week you until the week you're playing them. Actually, something I love talking to coaches and just hearing like how they plan things out. Talking to Coach Boyce throughout the year, one thing he was talking about was, man, maybe I get Calhoun on the schedule going forward because Brownsville veterans in our region and they run a triple option just to get a look at it before we potentially would have to face them face them again. But if you don't face a triple option over the course of the year in three days, four days of practice to try to learn to defend it, that's a tall order for anybody. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. And Alice had some turnovers in that game that really hurt. And it. that's something against Calhoun. The way they, yeah. if their if their triple option is going and they're able to control the football, you give up possessions. That's, I mean, that's a death sentence. Yeah, no question. And then of Ganado, hey, Josh, Irv, our favorite coach, our favorite team, the Ganado Indians, Josh Irvin and company. Doing what they do, they get another unbeaten ranked team in Holland with a fifty to twenty-two. Man, I tell you, the the, the haters tour is what Bryce Olman referred to it as this week. That's a I like the swagger they're carrying themselves with, carrying themselves with over at Ganado. But again, Ganado just doing what they do. It, you feel like this team is getting better and better every week. They're playing Refurio. We'll talk more about that one in a minute. We we were out at Ganado and Refurio this week. That's gonna that should be a fun one, but. It, I mean, again, Ganado, since that Refugio lost, they, they felt like they've kept building. So that's, again, going up against Holland, they just, you know, took care of business, have themselves back in the regional final. And, of course, Refugio cruises to a playoff victory. Where have we heard that one before? Yeah. What was it, 77? Well, no, that was that was, was the 40, week ago. Uh, it was They won 42 40. to 14. But my understanding after talking to Coach Herring is uh, Weimer is a slot teacher. Yeah. And basically, they controlled the clock, basic, which is well. What, that's what we talked about last yeah. week. That's what they're gonna, they're, yeah. you know, make it a premium. So they they limited the possessions, and uh, you know, so that's what probably why the score was not higher. And, and Refugio this year has been more okay with playing yeah. the, a slower pace. Yeah, so uh, that's that's why that happened, but. Uh, Good season for Weimer, Coach Griffin. Yeah, Wade Griffin, shout out to him because he he turned that program around this year in a big way. Yeah, they had a great season. I think uh, they should be happy. Uh, And then, of course, our other two teams, uh, Tidehaven, continued its uh, march. Their tour de force that's been the 2023 season. I think they actually allowed some points. I know, they allowed like 20 points (laughs) this week, and I had to keep refreshing the screen, make sure that was right. But, again, I mean, they won by four touchdowns. So Yeah. And then Fall City, what was it, 21-20 over Bremond, uh you know, Fall City in the fourth round. You you talked to coach this week. What talk, We were talking about well, this before the he, show. Tell the audience what he had to say. He said that uh, early in the year with that one and three start, he said they, they, they were having issues both handling adversity and handling success. Mm-hmm. Like he said there, I think he said uh, on one of their losses, uh, they didn't start well. And they ended up losing the, another loss they didn't finish well. So they were kind of – but he said what's happened is they've gotten better every game. And now these inexperienced players have, what, 13 games right. under their belt. 
so they're not inexperienced anymore. Well, well, there's a thing once you, you know, once you get to the postseason, if you're a freshman or a first year starter, you're no longer a first year starter. You're yeah. someone with you're no longer a young player at this point in the year. You got the the reps under your belt, you got the practice time, you got the game action. You're no longer inexperienced on November 29th as we sit here. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you you may not have the playoff experience, but but you do have the experience at your position, and you should know how to play it. So that's the thing. I mean, um, you know, Fall City, uh, traditional power, you know, and, um, you know, so I, I give them a lot of credit. Uh, I mean, who knew at the beginning of the year? I, I think we knew once Fall City beat Burton in the district opener that they were probably going to win the district. But uh, as far as their fate through the playoffs, that was still, you know, yeah. kind of a mystery. And and getting to the regional final for them, what a, I mean, yeah. what an accomplishment for that group over there. And I, you mentioned something about handling success, and that's something that I think a lot of fans, if you you know, you're not around the teams a ton, you think like, oh well, I mean, you got to have success to handle it. That's not really a thing. I've been around teams where it's. You just get way too high after mm-hmm. things just kind of start going your way. Going back to handling success, you just start, you know, after, you know, you beat a bad team a lot to a little and it becomes worth it, you know, yeah. worth, you, you think you're better than what you are or handling the failure of you lose to a really good team and they kind of handle you. You think you're the worst team, you know, you think you're the worst team in the state or in your district. And that's like we're handling the, the success for a young team. You have these massive emotional ups and downs what I think makes like refurio has been really good forever over there and part of what makes them really good is they don't have these massive emotional yeah. swings you know they lose to Hitchcock in week one they come back they're, they're down multiple scores against Edna they're able to come and win or in some people's minds draw that game mm-hmm. against Edna but they're able to come back from these massive emotional games part of what's made Ganado really good this year they have that loss to Refurio they regroup quickly come back with their three best performances of the season and that's where you know handling the success of things and hey Ganado it it was it could have been a real letdown spot for them against Holland yeah. this week where hey they beat Mason they're on top of the world coach is saying hey why don't y'all love us and it could have been oh are they too high on themselves they're too nope they get back week of preparation they go and put 50 points over on an undefeated Holland team and now they're getting ready to play Refurio again and that's handling knowing how to handle the success keep hey yes we're good we're doing the right things but we got to get back to what has made us successful up to this point as part of the handling success and you're seeing with Fall City and the young team they got over there in the regional final Ganado in the regional final Refurio back at it might be the Refurio Invitational at this point the 2A D1 uh, Region 4 Championship Um, they're back in the regional final. So the teams that are here, it's been, you know, had some adversity, but able to weather the storm, handle the success. Tidehaven this year has been able to do that really, really well. So we got some really, really good teams up at this point in the season. We're going to talk about next week, next week's games right after we hear this message from White Trash Services. We got some good ones. Stay tuned. I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ... White Trash Services, what is it and and what do y'all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years, and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off companies. And, you know, y'all are are big advocates for for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor 
uh, all all high school sports throughout the Victoria area. High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361-550-1826. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, 8 to 5 during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. All right, we are back here. Episode 64 of The Grid. We're keeping this thing going. And Thursday night, we got a big one at Victoria Memorial Stadium. This is how you know this game is big. Mike and I will both be there. That's how, that's how you know this one is big. You get both of us out at Memorial Stadium. And Refugio Ganado, round two, spot in the semifinals on the line. Mike, you were at Refugio this week. You talked to Coach Herring and company. What what's the mood around the team as they get ready to face a NATO team for the second time within a month? Well, you know, obviously uh, every coach will say this. They hate playing a team twice in one year. And I understand that, you know. But uh, I think uh, Refurio's Refurio. You know, they're used to playing in playoff games. Uh, they make the adjustments they need to make. Um, I think they feel uh, – I don't want to say cocky, but I think fairly confident that if they, you know, execute, that they'll 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 win the game. Yeah, and that execute was the buzzword around Ganado yeah. this week as well. They, you know, talking to Coach Irvin, talking to quarterback Bryce Ullman, they as they as they were talking this week, it's we watched the film of that game and we feel like we missed opportunities. Yes, Refurio is really good. We don't need to help them go and we don't need to help them go win the game. They're plenty capable of doing that on their own. Let we have to take advantage of our opportunities and they feel like learning from the last game. You talk about seeing a team for a second time. Yeah. Coaches don't like doing it, but I think if you're if you're Ganado and Josh Irvin, you like it because Refurio at this point, what they do year after year is almost mm-hmm. mythical. I mean, they're just consistently winning. For Ganado to have already been on the field with them, and what they talked about with Refurio is their speed. They're just, you know, Ernest Campbell, obviously, Kai Whitmire, Jordan King. Jordan King's a big guy, but he's, he can he's run. Yeah. So being on the field with that speed, knowing the challenges they present, it's like, okay, we know we know what's in front of us as far as the, phys- the physicality and their speed that they're going to present with us. We have to take advantage of the opportunities we had. They talk about being inside the five-yard line and not putting the ball in the end zone. Have taken advantage of the opportunity of those opportunities. The Josh Irvin and Bryce Ullman both think that Bryce has taken steps as a quarterback since that first game, and they're they're excited for the chance to kind of put. They think they've improved a lot in the last month since playing Refugio. They're excited to kind of put that to the test to see if their estimation is right against one of, if not the state's best team. Well, I mean, let's face it. They knew that if they were going to make it to this point, it would probably be Refurio. Yeah. So uh, they did what they needed to do, and uh, they've done. They've been very impressive, and uh, you know. So we'll see. I mean, I've seen some weird things happen. I I remember a game at uh, Memorial Stadium years ago where Ganado beat Refurio seven to six. Uh, came down. Refurio had a lot of turnovers. 
and missed an extra yeah. point, and Ganado threw a touchdown pass and uh, ended up winning. So anything's possible at this stage. Uh, you know, you just you just you know you just go play your game and hope that you you know things work out. Well, I'll make a bold prediction. This one will not be seven six. I think both offenses yeah, are. <laughs> I have a feeling. Now here's the the unless it's pouring rain. Yeah. Then you could get in a situation where you have a lot of turnovers, things like that. But uh, from what I understand, the forecast, I think it's supposed to stop by tomorrow night. I think it's tomorrow afternoon. Well, I'll say this. If it does end up pouring rain, I actually think that favors – I actually think that favors Refurio. Ganado relies a lot on their passing game. Refurio, you got Jordan King back there. If it's pouring rain, you yeah. can just turn around, hand the ball to 27, and let the rest take care of itself. Uh, but that, you know, Mike and I will both be there tomorrow. That's a fun one that, you know, we're excited for. And I, both teams are excited for a spot in the semifinals on the line. It doesn't get any better than this. Another rematch this week, but a rematch from last year at Memorial Stadium on Friday. Our friend Sam Fowler will be out, be at that game. How nice of him. Tidehaven, a rematch against Poth and Mike, talking to Coach Lucio this week, this sounds like, you know, you mentioned 7-6 or Firion Ganado a few years ago. This one might actually end 7-6 with the two defenses they have. Yeah, the big difference this year, I think, though, is Joseph Dodds. Uh, he wasn't healthy last year, and that, I mean, that that was, that, that really hurt. The other thing is, Kel Russell, uh, tight end's quarterback, is now a sophomore, and he was playing last year as a freshman. Well, he's got 25 games under his belt now at this point, a whole other season, a whole other offseason learning the offense. And tight end actually has weapons in the passing game as well. They got some, oh, yeah. they got a couple guys who can go win one on one matchups. And you talk about for a quarterback against a really good defense, you can, you know, two or three times just say, hey, I got a big six foot three target out there. Let me see if he can just go up and get it. And that, yeah. you know, that could be a pressure release right there. Yeah. Poth, I mean, let's face it, Poth, we know Poth they're they're perennials, you know. Yeah. They're in the playoffs. They play well, they play hard. Um, you're gonna have to beat them. You know, they're not gonna give you the game. So uh that's the thing for Tide even. They they're gonna have to earn this win. Yeah, Tide and that's something that Coach Lucio and the team are excited about because Ty Davis. I mean, we mentioned outside of the East Bernard game where they won. What was it, fifteen to six? Was that yeah, the no fifteen to seven? Fi, yeah, outside of the game, that game they won fifteen to seven. Ty Davis just dominated everybody, so they're excited for this one where it's, you got a worthy opponent over on the other side, and it's hey, we you know someone who's up for the challenge. We believe we're really good. Lucio believes this is his best team since he's been at Tidehaven. He's got reason to believe yeah. that. They're excited. For, hey, this is a team that ended our season last year. We think we're better this year. We weren't healthy in that game last year. Tidehaven's as healthy as a team can be on November 29th of a football season. Like you said, Dodds, was, he was nursing a quad injury last yeah. year. He's he's healthy right now having a Division One All-American candidate at running back that you know healthy that helps. Tidehaven's excited to meet the physical challenge that Poth presents, and they got a really good defense over there. Tidehaven's got a really good. That's you know these maybe the two best defenses in three AD two. So this is one points are going to be at a premium, but Tidehaven is excited for the chance that lost to Poth last year. That that still hurts. They've been thinking about it all off season. I heard about a dust up and a basketball game between the two groups of football players. This is one that's really easy to get excited about on regional final weekends. Yeah. 
Should be a good one. Yes, yeah, so our buddy Sam's got that one. Mike, you will be headed out to New Braunfels for Bastrop. Ed, or Bastrop yeah. for Edna and Blanco. And this is one where we talked about it last segment. Blanco just beat Goliad 34 to nothing. So I think Edna's antenna is all the way up right now. And you talked to Coach Mitchell this week. What's what's the feeling around the Cowboys as they get ready to, you know, head back to the regional final and hopefully for their sake, back to the semifinals? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it, let's face it, it comes down to what, what edit team shows up. I mean, if it's the edit team that beat Jordanton By that, 40? Yeah, and has played, you know, in non-district, look at look at who they played. They played Bay City. They played Refurio. They played, um, I think they also played East Bernard, yeah. Um, This is a good team, but sometimes they just, they don't play like it. And uh, I think that they, they, that, like you mentioned, Blanco really smacking Goliad is going to help because they have to take this team seriously, even though they've beaten them the last couple of years. They have to take them seriously. And this is one where Edna, when it's been, like, you can almost sense it's like in games where they feel like, like, oh, shoot, we can lose. I, I go back to the Refiro game earlier this year. That's a game, where, that's a game yeah. where I was at. I had a chance to watch them. Edna came out first two and a half quarters of that game. They really handled Refiro. Refiro, to their credit, bounced back. Jordan King got going. They, You know, Ernest Campbell made a couple of plays on a defensive side of the ball. Usually it's on offense or on in the return game. He had a couple interceptions. but And Jaden Clay got banged up in that game. Braylon Harris got banged up in that game. So Edna started to kind of fall apart a little bit. But Edna, you could see that Refiro, an excellent team, going and answered a challenge in, in that game. And then you see it against against Jordanton, who... Jordanton's undefeated. Jordanton, they they smashed Goliad earlier this yeah. year, and they go out in a forty point win over an undefeated. Which again, no one really saw that coming. So Edna, when they've had this, like, oh shoot, we could lose internally. When they believe that, you see them answer the challenge. So I think if you're a fan of Edna, you almost get excited when you see Blanco beat Goliad like that. Yeah. It's like, okay. You know, Jaden Clay, Braylon Harris, all those guys, Jacob Reyes, they are wide awake for the challenge that's coming at them this week. Yeah, and I think actually the the way they beat Industrial may actually help them. Um, you know, because they had the, the late uh, last second yeah. throw, you know, that or last minute throw, yeah. that uh, it shows them that, hey, we can yeah. come from behind, and if we have to, we can win the game like that. Although you don't want to get in that situation. Right. It, it at least lets you know that it's possible. And, again, that's a district opponent. Second time they've, see, they've seen you this year. I always think you get into a second matchup with yeah. a team. It favors a team that lost the first time around. And, again, you turn the ball over a couple times. It bounces and go your way. A guy breaks off a big play. You're in a nip-and-tuck ball game. But, again, Jaden Clay throwing that last touchdown pass and a perfect throw and showing, hey, we get into the situation because Blanco is a really good team. You could play well and be in that situation this week to know, hey, we can pull one out in the fourth quarter in the final minutes. That can do something for your confidence if you are in a close game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, also you look at it, uh, I mean – Edna has been in this situation, and uh, although some I think we need to point out, uh, I I saw a Matt Step tweet this week about how uh, rematches, 
Yeah. And I saw said, that tweet today, yeah. too. Yeah. He said that 12 of the 18 teams, the same team mm. won. Yeah. So what that shows, that team is better. But that doesn't mean it's not difficult to yeah. play a team twice. Well, well, I go back to Weston Miller, the game I yeah. was at this week. And I know the first game, the first time around, Miller beat West by a touchdown. But West scored with a minute left yeah. to take it from 52-38 to 52-45. This one, Miller had to score to go-ahead touchdown with 14 seconds left. That was a much more difficult game for Miller going around facing them the second time. You face a team a second time around. You, you when, I think, again... The team that wins the first time, it's a harder game for them. The team that loses the first time, you're looking at it, being around West last week, being around Ganado this week, they're thinking, oh, man, we can't wait to get a second shot at them. We we did yeah. this wrong. We did this wrong. If we take advantage of that, we think it's a different ball game. That's how West felt last week. That's how Ganado feels this week. Whereas if you're the team that won, you have to – Try to preach to your kids, especially if you're, you know, you're, if you're a Furio right now who won the first game handily. You're Herring trying to preach to his kids, guys. We got to play well if we got to win this game. And you're thinking, oh, coach, we won by three touchdowns and we yeah. didn't even play all that well the first time. What are you talking about? So that I think it's a, a psychological aspect as much as a, as a physical one when you get two teams in a in a rematch scenario. Yeah, I agree. So and it, I'll be up at the Alamo Dome this week. It'll be I've been to the Alamo Dome many times, Mike. This will be my first time as a as a member of the working media, mm-hmm. Calhoun versus San Antonio Davenport. And we talked about it a minute ago or in the last segment where it's Brownsville Veterans Memorial against Corpus Christi Miller. And this is another one complete, completely different styles. Davenport, explosive offensively. They're, they can put up 60 on anybody. Against Calhoun, the triple option who, this is going to shock you, Mike, Richard Whitaker wants to control the clock this week. Yeah, that Total shock. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm wondering in this game is just how athletic Davenport is. Um, to me, that's a that's a big key because I remember when uh, Coach Whitaker a long time ago came to Calhoun and put in the uh, triple option. Uh, he That was back when it was in Region 3 with Bay City, El Campo, and those people. And it you could see it would work, but the difference was – Basically, El Campo had the athletes, mm-hmm. and when you would get out in space, it may be a five-yard yeah. run instead of a thirty-yard run, mm-hmm. and so that made you drive the field more, you know, and that makes it more difficult. Uh, that will be, you know, I've heard a lot of things about Davenport. They're obviously good. They beat Hallettsville. We know that. They 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 crushed West earlier this yeah. year. So uh, I mean, we know uh, that they're. They're a good team, but they, they've got some losses. So, I mean, they, they're not unbeatable. Yeah. yeah, with Davenport from, again, this is the second time that, uh-huh. for me, I've had a team that I'm covering play against Davenport. Uh-huh. It's What stands out to the coaches is their offense. It is like, man, those guys, like, because Davenport's a new school, and this senior class, it's like the first senior class that's come through. Like They've got the program rolling right now. But it's a senior quarterback, two really good senior running backs. They got weapons on the outside as well. They're I don't know how big they are, but they're athletic defensively. So what you were talking about of you know instead of breaking off a big play, does a defender get there and a forty yard gain becomes seven or eight, and you just you're stuck and having to go on these 10, 12, 15 play drives. That's something that. I'm interested to watch play out because Calhoun's not the biggest they've been, but yeah. they, I mean, they, they drill that triple option. They execute that triple option. You got teams on totally different sides. I, 
I look at this as Calhoun has got, and they've done this in the playoffs. Calhoun's gotten off of two score leads early, and when you're playing against a triple option team who can hold the ball, it's easy offensively to start to kind of panic. Mm-hmm. Can they put Davenport in that yeah. situation where it's, oh shoot, instead of having 11 possessions this game, we might only have eight. Yeah. Can they put him in that position, get him down early and get them to make some out of character plays? Whereas if Davenport goes up by two scores early, that's where we yeah. talk about what it was with PSJ North last week, where it's, shoot, this is not, we're not built to play a game like this. So I think the the early, I mean, the early part of any game is important, but in this one specifically with two teams who are so different, mm-hmm. I think the early part of the game is so important for each of these teams for different reasons. I mean, I'm excited to kind of watch just the stylistic clash play out at seven o'clock on Friday night. That's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And in Falls City, they're taking on Chilton this week, and Chilton is. We know they're a really good and talented football team, and Fall City's going to have their hands full this week. Yeah, and Chilton really, let's face it, they're, they're lucky to be in the playoffs because uh, – The executive committee is – Their district yeah. executive committee said they, they weren't. I mean, they, they ruled ineligible players, but they appealed it, and by a 3-2 margin, they won at state. Once they've got in, though, they've taken care of business, and um, – what I was told about Chilton is uh, Coach Kiroff told me uh, it's easy to see their athletes, he says, but what people often don't realize is they're, they're well coached and they don't just you know make plays because they're athletes. They make plays because they're athletes in the right position. Mm-hmm. And um, you know the, the thing that he, he said he would like to see uh, from Fall City is sustaining drives, you know, keeping mm-hmm. them off the field he said fall city's been kind of a big play team too so uh with braylon johnson yeah. obviously but uh, uh coach Kiroff said that way you know give his defense time to rest because uh he's always based his success on defense and uh i think that's what he's aiming to do against uh chilton yeah, and talk. It's men- it's funny you mentioned that because something in talking to Whitaker today about Calhoun, he said, you know, I think some of the best defense we can play this week is on offense and keeping yeah. the ball, and that's a similar sentiment as yeah. you're getting from Fall City. Coach Whitaker has always told me uh, our goal is first downs, yeah. and that's right. He just wants those first downs so he can keep grinding yeah. and keep grinding the clock. And uh, you know, and one thing about Fall City Chilton, uh, probably waiting for the winner of that game is Mark. <laughs> and uh, you know that's never fun. Fall City did meet Mart, beat Mart in that year. They went to the state final, but a lot of times uh, Mart's been the end. Yeah. So, and anybody that's seen Mart knows what a perennial power it is. Driven through Mart multiple times. Right. I see the state championship and state yeah. finalist. Uh, you, you drive if you drive through that town, you see all of them on the side of the stadium. You see them all imprinted there. But we got a fun region. We got a lot of teams playing this regional yeah. final week. Yeah, to have what uh, six teams, yeah. five games at this stage is is pretty amazing. And we're guaranteed to get at least yeah. one in the next round. Hopefully more, but we're yeah. guaranteed one. Yeah, so it's pretty amazing. What you know, it goes to show that there's a lot of good football. Played yeah, this and that's and that's without you know that's without Quero making it this yeah. far. That's with you know that's without some really you know Bay City El Campo, some really good teams make, making it this far. I mean, Victoria West was a play away yeah. from being here this week. So I mean, it shows the quality. You know, 
it's fun. You know, this is my first year being out here. And one of the things I like about this job, you know, I tell you like, man, the quality in this region, it's fun to see it play out in the postseason where we're this deep, where each bracket has eight teams left and we got six teams, you know, going this week. We can't even get to every game. There's so many games going on this week. So that, that puts us in a really fun position. We're going to hear a message from thriving financial here. And then we're going to just issue out some reminders this week as we get ready to head out on the road for some regional final football. Stay tuned. Episode 64 of the grid. Thriving is a proud sponsor of the grid. Thrivent believes money is a tool, not a goal. Thrivent financial advisor Carly Herrick works with clients to create financial strategies that reflect their priorities and help them protect the things that matter most, like family and giving back. Carly can be reached at 361-223-7883 or connect.thrivent.com backslash true-path-planning. And we are back in episode 64 of The Grid. And Thursday night, Refurio Ganado, 7 o'clock Victoria Memorial Stadium. Mike and I will both be there. Friday night, back at Memorial Stadium, Poth and Tidehaven. That will be a big one. Calhoun's going to the Alamo Dome to face San Antonio Davenport. Edna and Blanco will face off in Bastrop. That's where Mike is going to be. Fall City Chilton, where's that one take? Where, That's, where's that uh, one at? Buda Shelton State. Buda, just yeah. just south of just south of Austin over there. So you got a lot of games going on kind of across the region this week. We're coming towards the end of the fall season. Coaches, send in those all district teams to us as you're allowed to. I know a lot I know we all want to still be playing football at this point, but not all of us can. Some dish, some of y'all are getting the, you know, you got, you're able to publish those all district teams now. Send those our way to sports at vicad.com and volleyball coaches. Send in your all area volleyball nominations. We've gotten a few of them. We'd like to get some more of them. Send in those all area volleyball nominations to sports at vicad.com as we get ready to do the selection process for the all area volleyball team. Yeah. And remember coaches, when you do send in nominations for volleyball or football, make sure and include their classification and their stats because we need those. Yeah. We, yeah, we need the stats. We need the classifications. We want to get the best, most accurate information that we can. So coaches send those our way as we get ready to, you know, put together these all area teams. We're not far away from doing a football one either. Gosh, I don't know how we're gonna do. There, yeah. we have so many good. I I started thinking about quarterbacks yeah. today as we were doing that. Like, good goal. I know. There, there's been some awesome quarter. They're just all around. There's some awesome players at yeah. every position in yeah. this region. There, so there's some good ones. Real fun for us to try to piece that together. But the regional final week. This this is a lot of fun for us. Mike, it's it's been fun do it's been fun doing this week's show. I'm excited for this week. I'm excited that you're back and you're <laughs> you're you're going here. We you know, we gotta get you make sure you get your bag carried up the stands. But Mike Foreman is back in business, baby. And guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the grid. For Mike Foreman, I'm Gabe Myers, and we can't wait to see you back here next week, hopefully with multiple teams in the state semifinals. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you back here next week. <laughs>